0: everyone, and welcome to Oscar Poker. This is Sasha Stone of AwardsDaily.com.
1: And Jeffrey Wells of Hollywood Elsewhere in Wilton awaiting the snow that has so far failed to materialize.
0: <laughs> we were just <laughs> talking today about how climate change has wiped out snow in in Connecticut and kind of in New York.
1: Yeah, I mean, the whole I mean, this is where my snow history was in New Jersey, Westfield, New Jersey, which is completely hit with snow each and every december january february and march no no if ands or buts and it's just not happening it's just not happening yeah not, I even, was, not even sprinkles you know not even the, you know i
0: was in new york in 1993 mm. and there was a huge i was at college and there was a huge um uh, blizzard mm. in new york uh, the, the blizzard of 93 it was quite famous Mm. Um did so, you go
1: walking around Manhattan once it had hit?
0: Oh, of course I did, yeah.
1: It's it's really uh, wonderful to be in New York City with a with a huge blizzard. It's just wonderful sound. Everything's so quiet and gentle and
0: No, really I like, love a,
1: it. I I know we're gonna get into um National Society of Film Critics and particularly the, the Golden Globes, which are tomorrow night. But before we do that, just as a side thing, because it, it's a, a very interesting thing. Yeah, I presume you've read that. Bizarre New York Times essay. Um,
0: I, I I was uh, I think that's a really strange story. I didn't send it to you because I didn't know, quite know what to make of it.
1: But it's you want to tell people it, what it is. It's written in all sincerity by a woman named Anna Marks, and it's uh, titled "Look What We Made Taylor Swift Do." Apparently, what I know. we made her do was. Uh, not be candid about her actual real deal orientation. It is her belief, Anna and others in her gay community, that she's, um, Taylor's basically one of them. And uh, she's playing a game with people because she's trying to, you know, just be like an ally of queer people, which is fine. But um, she thinks that uh, he's, she's not being honest about who she really is. Which is, uh, you know, I have no way of knowing. And if she is who Anna thinks she is, okay. I don't think it matters to me. But I would think, (laughs) you have to think, it would definitely matter to to, uh, Travis Kelsey, which is kind of bizarre if I were him in his shoes right now, having read this. What would you say?
0: Yeah, but it's a stupid article because it Mm -hmm. isn't saying, oh, you know, she's gay because I saw her making out with Jodie Foster at the Oscars. You know, she's like, she's like, I just know she's one of us. I just know she's queer. I just Mm. know it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, you don't. You're an idiot. You're a Gen Zer. And whoever gave you this job to write for The New York Times, like, who is this amateur? This is like something that should have been on Tumblr. You know what or I mean? It's
1: like, that's the whole thing. Why is the New York Times running this? This gives it a certain, you know, gravitas, a certain it's an, authority.
0: It's embarrassing. I, I looked at um uh, another story about it, which said that somebody close to Taylor Swift is is horrified mm. of of that they would write that and, and feels like that that's not their place to speculate on her. Puts her in an odd position because she can't come out with these fucking fanatics and say, oh, I'm not gay, you know because that's that's the way that they uh, that they trap you into admitting you're homophobic or something it's just the thing about taylor swift is she's just at the epicenter of all culture right now and so everybody wants to claim her as their own and people are fighting over her like uh the republicans are fighting over her because she supports joe biden you know and the gay community wants to claim her as her own because all these uh, all of us are like fascinated by this relationship with travis kelsey you know this romance this heterosexual romance with like mm. mr macho and miss miss feminine you know
1: well do you think i mean i think that you know like the new york times uh, when they talked about running this they had to obviously ask well do we actually know something about somebody that she's close with or has been or is there something no, actually act- of substance you can't just speculate clear.
0: That's what they're doing, these these idiots. It's so sad how the mighty have fallen. Like these are this is what happens when you hire all these idiots and to run your paper.
1: But well, what about the idiot editor who's in charge of the Who do didn't... you think
0: they who do you think they hired to be there at the New York Times? Do you think that these are like rational, reasonable people at the New York Times at the New York Times? They're the people you're who, saying
1: that they're cultists like a lot of other people are. Yes. The, the
0: cultists have taken over every major newspaper because they stupidly let them in. It was a Trojan horse. You know, I'll I, even in Hollywood, this is a problem, right? Because you have these fanatics calling mm. the shots. And they know that if anybody objects to them, they can make a public story out of it. And that can ruin, you know, the credibility of the paper, ruin the brand, blah, 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 you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it, she says in the piece, by the way, that um, that she's not, you know, she whether she's conscious of it or not. Yeah, exactly. To signal exactly. to queer people in the language. Conscious, we,
0: conscious of it or not. Isn't that, yeah. can you believe that passes as journalism?
1: She then says. Whether are, she's. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: I was going to say, they said they're actually speculating whether she's conscious of it or not.
1: Well, she's sometimes scared. people are, they don't want to particularly acknowledge themselves. That is not, a, that's crazy. That does happen. People are. You, you know, know what
0: Taylor Swift does? Because I've watched her Eras tour now uh, four times, I think. hmm I watched it twice on my own and then twice when my daughter came because I loved it. I loved her in it. I loved that my daughter loved it. We had just had a great time. Hey, with
1: you it, told me that was... you agree with me that her music sounds a lot just the same over and over again. You're not a huge fan, but you're now you're a fan of that concert film. You didn't say that before. Well, I
0: never saw it before.
1: Oh, I you just said in general. It. I see
0: no, I, I, in general, about her music, I agreed with you, but I liked the concert. I was into it. I thought it was beautiful to watch. She's amazing.
1: It's nicely done. Yeah, it's nice.
0: And done. her I was really moved by it. I really was all of it. The dancers, the you know, the the lights, the show, and all the fans in mm-hmm. the room, like it was just a moving experience. and And mm-hmm. she is very expressive and flirty. And what she is trying to do is be welcoming to gay people. So her show, Mm -hmm. is very much, you know, trying to be inclusive, like everybody has to do, Mm -hmm. like Barbie, right? Mm -hmm. So she has gay guys on there dancing, you know, funning around, and she's, you know, locking arms with girls, walking down, you know, she's wink, wink, nudging the whole time. The fact that they would turn that into, oh, she's gay, is so bizarre, I can't even wrap my mind around it. It's, it's,
1: she says, you know, that there are some queer people who would say that through this sort of signaling, which she's already done, she has already come out, at least to us. I know. Says, well, I can't.
0: Is, are they trying to be funny? Like, is it supposed to be a humor piece?
1: This like is satire? The kind of thing, like like out magazine or, or, or you know, uh, gay publications will will, you know, they've they've you know occasionally read an article about someone that's just why don't they just like be open and, and and show some courage and and just come out? You know, I mean that's that that happens. but well, well the thing is, girls, is you know?
0: my daughter's generation, they had this thing because they were really into fan fiction and they were playing around with gender. and it was all really cute until it turned into, you know, a a a force, a mob to be reckoned with as they all came of age. But when they were young, it was sort of like, you know, they they love to envision, you know, Luke Skywalker mm-hmm. and Harrison Ford in a relationship or something, you know, like mm-hmm. they're really into that sort of gender bending thing and imagining people were gay. But it's on a whole different level if it's like in the adult world and in the New York Times, like, yeah, it's just weird. It's just strange that mm-hmm. this would be a story. But then again, here we are talking about it. So, who you know. The New York Times, they've got to pay the the writers. They've got to stay, you know, survive. Write something about Taylor Swift. OK, let's say, um, oh, yeah, Taylor Swift might be gay. Let's write that.
1: <laughs> well, let me again ask you, you, you dodged it before. If you were Travis Kelsey and you read the New York Times, what would you what would your reaction be? What would you imagine? I mean I think imagine? he would
0: laugh. He would laugh because of mm-hmm. how stupid the media is. I mean I hope that that's the conclusion that he comes to because he, she's obviously totally into him.
2: Yes, she is. She's
0: obviously straight. She's she's with every single hot guy, you know. That's such a stupid con- it's mm-hmm. such a stupid concept. It's hard for me to even fathom it mm-hmm. that it actually happened. You know, like when I first saw it, I thought this can't be
1: real. That's they what can't I thought. I kept checking to make sure it really was the New York Times. I was said, "There's something wrong here. What is this? What is this?" And I couldn't. And I realized it's real. It's it's actually in the in the New York Times. It was really bizarre. It's
0: weird. It's weird, and it's this weird thing in the society where everybody has to be gay or queer so that they can be acceptable into the LGBTQIA plus tribe. Right. You know, like. That's what it is. It's like, you know, come on this raft with us, Taylor, so you can be one of the Mm -hmm. saved. It's like Christianity. You know, are you saved? Mm -hmm. Can you be saved? Can you accept Christ as your savior so that you'll be with us so that Mm -hmm. I won't have to worry about you in the afterlife? You know, Christians always want to, you know, I'm not criticizing them. I'm just saying that Mm -hmm. that's the whole thing with Christianity with a Christian parent. They want their child to also be saved so that Mm -hmm. they can have salvation. And that's what this is like. They want her to be saved, you know, Mm -hmm. this icon, this cultural icon to be queer, because what would that do for their movement? It would be such a big deal, you know. She's America's sweetheart, and she's gay or queer or whatever it is.
1: Yes, it would be a big political score if that were, in fact, the case, and if she did come out. Yes, if she is, in fact, inclined in that direction, and if she decided to come out. But
0: one of the reasons why she's as popular as she is is because she's that old-fashioned throwback to the quote-unquote wholesome female. Mm. Right? She's Barbie. She that's what Barbie used to be. You know, it's it's women dreaming to be the princess, you know, and want, wanting this fairy tale. Right? Taylor Swift is their fairy tale. And yes, queer people are going to have a fairy tale that involves queer people. But this majority in this country, 90% are not gay. Right. 90 percent. OK, so if well, she was, I think that's
1: a little liberal, I think the, the actual percentage, because I discount uh, Zoomers who are all identifying as as not as, you know, um, right, as, uh, as 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 non-binary or you know, I think it's really closer to what it's been for most of our country's history, which is somewhere in the vicinity of four to five percent. I don't think it's. Uh,
0: I think so, too. I mean, yes. I mean, I know from personal history, this is the idea that. You know, I was you have to be, you know, they 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 can't be normal normies or else they're attacked, Gen Z, right? Mm-hmm. They have to be on the other side. And then they want Taylor Swift to be on that side too. Mm-hmm. Um uh so mm-hmm. it's I think it's it's unfair. It reminds me of back in the 80s when people couldn't come out, how there was all this like speculation on the other side, on the conservative side. That someone might be gay and how it might ruin their careers you know it was always this thing that would come out this story and everybody was so freaked out about it this mm-hmm. is the same thing it's just all the way on the other side of the pendulum you know mm-hmm. but it's not really fair to her i don't think to do that i think it's since, weird
1: all right since you have a certain insight into taylor's uh, personality and her kind of throwback uh, way of being that kind of old-fashioned girl thing um what do you think what is the deal with a woman who constantly jettisons boyfriends after a certain period after a tryout period sometimes the actor as you know um um uh why why have I just lost his name she was with him for like yeah yeah
0: I know but you don't know the
1: story no I don't I don't know the story at all I'm just saying 34 years old Never really locked in with anybody. It's just one thing after another. And then she writes songs about the the, the breakup or how, how they fucked her over. They didn't. What? How, how? long does this go on? Usually, I mean, the usual thing is when you're 34, maybe you're getting to that point where you're thinking, okay, 15 years of of, of having a lot of fun. Maybe I want to try and find someone to actually be comfortable with, who'd be a partner with. Maybe have a kid. You know, that's what people do usually. Well,
0: she's doing it now.
1: I mean, look, are, she's they, the are woman they talking who's about been, getting married or having a kid? Well, who
0: knows? Know what is this, 1952? I mean, the thing is, is I, I'm i her. I'm her. I never married. I had a kid. But, you know, I went to Italy, got knocked up and had a child out of wedlock. Right. I never right. had a relationship that lasted as long as, as hers with, what's his name? The guy's name, I can't remember.
1: Right. Um,
0: I never had Joe a relationship. Alwin,
1: Joe Alwyn, a- Joe Alwyn. Joe Alwyn,
0: right. right. I, and I've always related to the fact that she's she has a hard time in relationships, because so do I. But, um, you know, I could look at it from a creepier perspective, if you want, to say that she's really close with her parents. And she, when you're that close with your parents, I think it's harder to break away Um, unless you can find someone who can fit in with your parents, which I think Travis Kelsey can, right? He's the maybe the one guy (laughs) who could. But um, because her parents are very conservative, you know, and he's not conservative. But I'm just saying, like. Mm that's you know the thing about taylor swift that that i think people are responding to i'd rather talk about her work than her relationship stuff because that's her business i really don't care personally i understand how hard it is to want to be make something of yourself and make something of your life um and have a hard time with relationships and not put marriage as the priority look i lived that life i wish i could go back and have got married I would love to have had a wedding. I would love to have had children, more children. It just didn't happen for me, you know. So what are you gonna do? She's hugely successful. I don't feel like criticizing her for her lack of, you know, successful relationships. I just you know, that's just not my my thing. But I will say this: hmm. the reason she's successful, um, it, her songs are dreamy, but also she um, she's not using sex, right? She's like the one artist now in this era, which you can tell that the pendulum is swinging. Oh, hi, mm-hmm. Um, You know, like she, we're coming out of the Madonna era and into the Taylor Swift era and the Madonna <laughs> and the Madonna era was sex. Your sexuality is the most most important thing about you mm. and um, and sex sells. And look at poor Madonna now. Right. Um, but all the artists followed her, Britney Spears, all of them, you know, wanted to follow in that model of I need to use my sexuality as the most important thing about me. Mm-hmm. And Taylor Swift doesn't do that. The most important thing about her are her songs and admittedly how she looks. She's very pretty. Um, but I her love songs her songs are song.
1: about bad boyfriends, though. Are they mostly
0: some of them are some are about heartbreak yeah and if you've ever had your heart broken they're they're great like all too well is a just a magnificent song mm. that I've had stuck in my head for the last five days that I can't get out of my head but that's not the only song of hers I mean I will admit I don't you know I don't see her her songwriting as deep like Joni Mitchell or Bob Dylan or That's anything like that sure. it's she's not on that level right but she's not She'll trying to
1: do that never be on that level she hasn't got no but there
0: she's now. she's on the level of the beatles she's definitely no, on the t- level of the, changed the beatles context.
1: you just the context I was talking about the complexity poetic intrigue yeah and i don't delicacy. think I, i've never
0: thought the beatles were very complex but they're fun to listen to and they're good music and they were experimental but they're not deep the
1: yes, they we were. Wanna, about, uh, they, they were talking about they they were talking about LSD enlightenment and mystical at John one Lennon point, stuff. That's was not
0: necessarily deep.
1: This I want to. You can't your get hand. much deeper than 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 transcendental uh, spiritual currents. Uh, I know. Outside. I'm talking
0: about when they first got big. It was like I want to hold your hand.
1: People, you know listen, that there are like, different iterations of the Beatles. The Beatles were,
0: later. I know, and Taylor Swift hasn't got there yet. So what? But you never get there. The if point is, is, is the, the thing time. that she is making people feel is the same thing the Beatles made people feel. They feel alive. They feel excited. They feel, mm-hmm. you know, young. That's yeah. what the Beatles were about. That's never been, mm-hmm. you know, like someone like Bob Dylan, who, you know, the, the, and he is my favorite person in music ever, as you know. Right. Um, it, you know, his lyrics are de- are deep and he's a deep person. Taylor Swift hasn't lived that kind of a life. So her her songs aren't really deep. They they talk about her experiences in life, but that's why so many people can relate to her, mm-hmm. right? Because she because she sings about the stuff that they are going through, young people.
2: Okay.
0: So I I just I'm not gonna be sit here and be hard on her for that because it's it's apples and oranges. They're trying to do two different things. The Beatles graduated into this kind of experimental, interesting the white album is incredible you know like they they did gradually gradually become Mm -hmm. deeper and more complex musicians and songwriters very much so but um but in the initial in the beginning they weren't they were pop music
1: the beginning the pop music stuff was when they first came over in early 64 and they did that for about a year and a half and then as of the fall of 65 they were into rubber soul and that was completely experimental and that was like one of the that was like a takeoff album you know all right we're you know we're, we're no enough of that beatlemania stuff we're going to start doing sitars yeah. and oh and no stories, rubber Soul's you
0: know. my favorite one that's my yeah. favorite album there's um yeah i know and and um and taylor swift isn't isn't that kind of a songwriter she's not there she's not that sort of person um but <laughs> I don't really care that much. Yeah, you know what I you know, mean?
1: You're being very, very gallant and 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 sisterly and comradely in your descriptions of her. I think well no,
0: I like her. I of... like her. I enjoyed I... Her, her concert. I think she's great. I don't have any problem with her as she is. I'm just grateful she's not sitting there, you know, grinding her crotch in my face for two hours. You <laughs> know what I'm saying? Like God, thank God. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that phase is over american life um, all right
1: so what do you want to do do you want to hop into golden globe globe yeah and then go to the well national what was
0: the society? next thing you want no let's let's get the national society out of the way okay let's just get it out of the way
1: all right well they they my impression of what the national society of film critics did today was they basically uh uh were choosing in the same way that the Spirit Awards cho- chose, I, I, I use the derogatory term. They're like the Branch Davidians. They're a cult, and and to to go with past lives, it's right up right down that 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 alley of of cultism, which I, I don't think it resonates with most people out there who pay to see movies, who eat popcorn, who talk about whether it's, you know, nobody has anything bad to say. I've never had anything bad to say. I just think it's overpraised past lives. But that's the one that they gave their, uh, their Best Picture award to. God, I know. And very close. uh, Next to it, only two points behind was um, the zone of interest, which, again, uh, anyone who's seen it, they all respect what it's up to. And it's a, it's a strong film. I'll never forget it. But it's it's certainly nothing that really knocked my socks off. I, it's an intellectual kind of stylistic exercise about uh, not being explicit about the terror and the horror right be- on the other side of the wall. And and then the third place one was Oppenheimer, <clears throat> which uh, Five points behind zone of interest so interesting interesting you know not not putting any of these movies down but i would um it's bizarre because they're they're coming from their own little world their own yes little planet,
0: exactly you know? so. that's the part that's hard for me is the little bubble the screenplay for for um may december like yeah that's the best you got for the screenplay of the and, year
1: and right behind it was again past lives and i know
0: the, i i don't the know who these place
1: movies was our favorite of uh, the holdovers that's that's a far back third place, uh, thirty six points, so that wasn't close, but it was really like a neck and neck between past lives and May December.
0: Yeah, I know I, I I wrote on Twitter that in in years past, I would have gotten so angry about these uh, picks, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. because they're so muted and and dumb, not dumb. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Smite me, God! (laughs) I don't mean dumb. Mm -hmm. I would never call them dumb. I'm saying reverse. I'm saying Mm -hmm. they're so sort of insular in this little world, this teeny tiny little bubble. It's such a tiny bubble that it's a bubble Mm -hmm. within a bubble, even. Mm -hmm. That they would call it. Now, what the National Society generally does is they is they try to push a movie through, right? That isn't getting attention. I remember the year that uh, Inside Lou Davis. It looked like it wasn't going to get into the Oscars, which it didn't ultimately. But they gave.
1: I'm surprised. You're telling me that uh, Inside Lewin Davis wasn't even Best Picture nominated? I don't remember. Is that what happened? Oh, you know? not you, um, I'm not recalling specifically. I don't have it in front of me. You did it not even get a nomination?
0: No. Okay. I, sure. it, it was hyped to the heavens. It won every, you know, it was doing really well with critics. And then all of a sudden it got left off. Yeah. I think the Producers Guild and then people were like, oh, shit, it's not going to get in there. Yeah. And they had done so much publicity for that movie. Remember, they had that party in L.A. with the Cohen brothers. I remember I took my dearly beloved ex-boyfriend who
1: I was at overdosed. that party. That was in 13. Yeah. I remember that party. Right. I think it was 13,
0: right? Uh. Yeah. So anyway, I'm looking at the the members here. Buffalo
1: clubs. You remember the Buffalo Club? That's where it was on Olympic uh, Boulevard. That was a great little gathering. Barbara It Streisand was really was fun, but it was with James. She Bowen. was there. <laughs> and I and I said to the two of them, "Why are you you guys here? What's the connection?" And and she kind of didn't even look at me, but she kind of gestured at at Brolin, her husband, and I still didn't know what she was talking about, but I didn't want to make it an embarrassing conversation, so I said so I shut up, but. I didn't understand why they were there. Do
0: well, you- well, well, Josh Brolin is in No Country for Old Men and James Brolin is his dad. That's about the best I got for you.
1: Yeah. What's that got to do with Inside Lewin Davis?
0: Well, because he's friends with the Cohen brothers. Okay.
1: All right. Fine.
0: Um, anyway, it was one of those Hollywood parties where it's like all the fam. I remember Joel Cohen there. I remember Ethan Cohen. They both looked really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, T Bone Burnett sang, as I recall, yeah, and all that right. wonderful mu- music. And um, I loved that night. I it's so oh, funny because yeah. my my wonderful Rick he overdosed during COVID, mm-hmm. and now he's dead. But so, you know, you look back at these events that you, you know, that we spent together and I just think, you know, I took it so for granted because I remember his cell phone kept going off in the middle of a performance, but he was embarrassed because of it. So he pretended it wasn't his. And so it just kept going off and, um, and he was just standing there pretending like just
1: turn the ringer off so nobody could. No,
0: because I didn't want to embarrass him because he was pretending like it wasn't his. And so I would have had to say, Are you sure I can hear it coming from you? Like I didn't want to make that scene. So we just waited for it to be over. But it was so funny because everybody was staring and Rick got really, really drunk at that party, I remember, and he was almost passed out. Mm. But um, but it was fun. It was really fun. That that whole night. I will read you their winners just for the hell of it. And I'll go backwards starting with this year, okay?
1: This is their you're talking about. I'm reading you what
0: I'm reading it with the National Society of Film Critics has picked as best film of oh, the year. Uh, uh. Starting with this year, Past Lives. So we go Past Lives, Tar, Drive My Car, Nomadland, Parasite, The Rider.
1: Oh, God. The Rider, oh my God, okay. Mm.
0: Lady Bird, Moonlight, Spotlight. Okay, so Spotlight, Moonlight, Best Picture Winners, Parasite, Best Picture Winner, Land, Best Picture Winner. Uh-huh. tar best picture nominee drive my car best picture nominee uh-huh. so then we get up to goodbye to language Jean-Luc Godard uh-huh. uh, inside Lewin Davis did not get in for best picture Amor did get in for best picture melancholia Lars von Trier the social network David Fincher got in uh-huh. for best picture the hurt locker Catherine Bigelow got in one best picture uh-huh. waltz with Bashir there Will Be Blood nominated for Best Picture, Pan's Labyrinth nominated, Co- Capote nominated, Million Dollar Baby. See, now we're starting to get well, into more. Now you're back
1: to the, the time when things were fairly normal and people were able to. Actually... <laughs>
0: exactly. Yeah. So we have Million Dollar Baby, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which won? American Splendor.
1: Um, that was a wonderful little film. I. I,
0: I really was. It really was. Uh, the Pianist mm-hmm. won, and that was nominated. Mulholland Drive, David Lynch, very good film. Yee-Yee, which mm-hmm. I remember when Yee Yee won, everybody gave them so much shit about that because it was so obscure. But like that's what they are now. They're like the group that picks Yee Yee. That's mm-hmm. like that's that defines them. Mm-hmm. Um, but um Yee, Yee, I'm sure is a perfectly fine movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Topsy Turvy, being John Malkovich, Out of Sight, LA Confidential, Breaking the Waves, Babe, Pulp Fiction.
1: Well, now you're going back in the '90s here. I mean, I think we get the point.
0: Okay, I know, but let me just—this is just—you okay. just have to hear this part because it'll blow your mind. Mm. Okay, so we go, babe. Right, Pulp Fiction, Schindler's List, Unforgiven, mm. Life Is Sweet, Goodfellas, Drugstore Cowboy, Unbearable Lightness of Being. Like, I mean, they picked some—they picked Annie Hall in 1977, right? Like they pick some great, great movies. Yeah. I don't know how they get to, to you know, past lives. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like I don't mean to just pick on this movie. I shouldn't really, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to turn a new leaf. <clears throat>
1: well, what and do you just, think about being... uh, the return of Charles Melton? I thought he was done with after the BAFTA people didn't even acknowledge him, and now he's back as the Best Supporting Actor winner, more so than well... Robert Downey, right?
0: Yeah, but these aren't all the same people cut from the same cloth. These are film critics, right? right. Film critics are cut from the same cloth, but BAFTA voters aren't film critics. Yeah. Guild voters aren't film critics. So these guys are very much into May, December, Past Lives, Charles Mountain. They really do live in their own little world. You
1: know? you know what? I kind of respect their decision to go with Andrew Scott. Nobody else has. And I certainly think he's a really good actor. And that was a good yeah. performance. So I thought that I was kind of, kind of, you know, uh, courageous and and, and, and you know, indicates character that they went with Andrew Scott. They gave him 52 points. That was by he was way ahead of uh, the second of the runner up, which is Jeffrey Wright, another performance I respect a lot. And Killian Murphy uh, third, so that was that was interesting. I didn't I didn't mind that.
0: I think if I, I would have really liked it if they'd picked all of us strangers for best picture, that would have been impressive to me. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep, yep.
0: But um, I I just don't. I mean, I I think past lives is fine, but when I mm. watched it, I just thought, okay, so mm-hmm. that's it. You
2: mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Yeah. I
0: can't, can't help but think what they like about it is the fact that it's made by the specific
1: person. Here's another thing that I really respect about what they did. They uh, they went from my favorite uh, best supporting actress uh, contender, Divine Joy Randolph, by far away my my favorite of the year, and they went with an actress that nobody has paid any attention to, which is Penelope Cruz in Ferrari. In fact, mm. that movie has basically been shat upon or ignored. People saying, "Oh, it's really not it's Michael Mann's off his game," you know, not no, nowhere close to being one of his greats. And uh, I happen to think it's a really good film. I, I've seen it twice now. I'd easily see it a, a third time. Um, and they also went with, uh, you know, Rachel McAdams. Uh, Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Which I respect that. So, you know, they're not completely crazy. Uh, they 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 have integrity. You know, but I thought well, was,
0: they're uh, they're essentially trying to. I mean, you know, this is this will give. This is a this is a good thing for for. Uh, you know, it does. They do mm-hmm. have power to push people into the race, so I think this will help Pen- Penelope Cruz
1: for Maybe. sure. We'd, I would know, like to see that. Happen. I mean, yeah, I, I
0: mean, thought
2: I, thought mean, that I was
1: think wonderful her her performance. She was had anger, that ferocity, that she was really. I mean, that sex scene was with was, uh, was uh, on on the dining room table. That was that was really good. You know, so I'll I'll never. And Sandra Huller, who uh, hasn't really won anything, she did uh, the best, got the best actress from them.
0: She's Uh, very, very good in that. I can't complain about that one at all. Yeah. She's, she's very good in that. um, I mean, like I said on Twitter, like I'm not mad about any of these. I don't want to become, you know, people be Mm. sit here and watch me be angry. I don't, I just, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where I just kind of shrug because the world has become so small. Yeah. 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 The world of film critics and film appreciation and all this has just become so tiny. Mm. And I just want for the day when it it isn't anymore. You know, it's it's like they're kind of fulfilling their own fantasies about what the world should be like. You know, yeah, yeah. And it's fine. Like, whatever it is, I just, I remember when it wasn't like that. You know what I
1: mean? We all do. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So uh, let's move on to Golden Globes. All right. um, And here's the way I'll just start out uh, with a thought that I introduced uh, in in the opening of my uh, article today. Basically, I said that that the most important thing that that the Golden Globes can do in my personal perspective is to give the best uh, actor in a comedy to uh, Paul Giamatti. And I really think that ought to happen, and uh, I'm hoping that it will. And uh, there's a, you're, you've been a Paul Giamatti person. In fact, you were the Paul Giamatti person and then followed by Kyle Buchanan and then myself and then uh, uh, Scott Feinberg that everybody is saying he's, he's, he's really surged up. So uh, tip of the hat to Sasha Stone for being early on that.
0: Well, I don't, we don't know how it's going to turn out. I mean, it could totally change, you know, let me, um, Jeff and I do this kind of differently. Jeff always predicts what he wants to win and Uh i I always try to predict what i think will win Uh so um we can go through it category by category uh this isn't for me it isn't about what i want to win necessarily because Uh i don't even my mind isn't even trained in that direction but i'll try let's see Uh all right so best film drama we have oppenheimer killers of the flower moon maestro past lives anatomy of a fall and the zone of interest Uh right So I'm predicting Oppenheimer. I did have Killers of the Flower Moon at first, but I changed it to Oppenheimer because I I feel like they're going to do the Barbenheimer thing. They're going to give it to Oppenheimer and Barbie, and I think that's sort of where this whole thing is going. But okay. I could be wrong. It could be Killers of the Flower Moon. I'd be really surprised if it was Maestro.
1: So I guess I have to ask, we've uh, asked this uh, many, many times, but do you know anybody i mean i keep uh, I, uh, some people uh, on the he threads will say it's you know everybody i know they think it's really really something and they really uh, really respect it and they, they're blown away by i don't know a single person who is genuinely levitating up in the air about scorsese's film they all say yeah it was good you know or it was a little, little kind of kind of weird and, and not really something that really came together for me and i thought they were trying to tell two or three different stories and i think that lily uh, gladstone's Uh, you know, arc or her performance was all that strong. She was kind of oddly passive throughout the whole thing. Nobody's, I I don't know a single person who's genuinely passionately uh, in love with that film. And yet it keeps showing up. And I think that's because of the identity thing, because of the Native American thing, because the, you know, the the apparent uh, uh, need on some level to to have a movie that uh, rejects uh, ugliness on the part of White people, you know, whatever it's it's, it's it's it's. I don't know anybody who really loves it. Do you know anybody personally in your own orbit, who um, you know is just over the moon about Scorsese's film, personally in your own orbit? Uh, See, I can't. I, you're right away. You're going ah.
0: Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know, I know somebody for whom it is their favorite film of the year. Well, no, actually, I don't. Um, the you know the guy we met in Telluride loved it. Both of those guys did. What guys Remember?
1: Oh, you're right. the
2: oh, you mean, <laughs> those? Oh, oh,
1: I'm sorry. The two guys that we talked to when we were waiting to go to the brunch. Yes, yes, of course.
0: The guys yeah. who, the guys.
1: <laughs> well, they were actually and... saying that was their favorite. They were just very passionately pro-Lily and uh, thought I was appalled. I was being appalling by suggesting that she didn't really deliver her that much. Well, so a and, you know,
0: I, I don't talk to a lot of people, so I'm not the one to ask on this. I only really have Twitter as the as the guide here. So we'll find out when people vote mm-hmm. which movie they like the best, you know. Mm-hmm. But obviously the, you know, like the the uh, Oklahoma City critics, for instance, just gave their best picture prize to this movie, to um, Killers of the Flower Moon. That's because and it has- from
1: Oklahoma. That's because it's their home turf. It's their, oh,
0: right, right. I know. forgot.
1: That's you know, true. You're right. Makes sense. It is
0: Oklahoma, right? Of course it does. You're right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I don't know. I mean, you have a, you're have you like a dog with a bone with this movie. But I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I sort of see it. I don't know. I, I, I can't really say. I have to just wait and see. The only thing that I thought people might go for is they want to award an important movie. You know,
1: I'm not a dog with a bone. It, it's just that it was repeated again, from the very mouth of the esteemed screenwriter, Eric Roth, yesterday in a piece by Ann Thompson, which she basically said, we had this procedural about getting the bad guys, and we had a hero, and we and Leo collapsed on the whole idea. And once he changed his mind, uh, Marty, you know, felt, well, we've got to be on the same page, so he went along with it. And I'm the hired screenwriter, so I'm, like, I'm not going to argue with him. So that's what happened. I mean, they they basically bailed on the whole, David Grand narrative, and they said we got to come up with something else. And what did they come up with? What they came up with was a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but it didn't really have a strong, uh, you know, narrative uh, at all. It was no, there was no tension in it. And and Eric Ross said in so many words, that's what we did. We decided we changed our minds, and we did our best to make something work based upon Leo's idea that he did not want to play tom white so it's not me i mean he just said it in so many words and it seems to be a pretty significant thing that you know that that was admitted to
0: right well we we talked about this because it was all blown up in your comments Mm -hmm. um where people give you so much shit for for daring to state the obvious which is they changed it because of the woke fanatics who would have a fit if the movie centered around a white guy, which they were right. Of course, it would. If you're going to sink millions, happen. hundreds. Yeah, if you're going to sink hundreds of millions of dollars into a movie, you don't want a publicity nightmare on your hands. Mm-hmm. Tell no, this.
1: Leo was right. He was. He was astute enough to see that that would be would have been a, a bad way to go. He's right.
0: Yeah, and your okay. commenters are sitting there gaslighting you yet again, saying there's nothing to see here, Jeff. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. He's a powerful guy. He would never be afraid of the woke. Ah, uh, everybody's <laughs> afraid. You know. Bill Gates is afraid of the woke. Like <laughs> you go all the way to the top.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um they don't want to be, you know, publicly humiliated and and discarded as um mm-hmm. not sensitive and be called racist and have to deal with that. Look, it's just a huge waste of time for them to go down that road. Let's move on here. Um best so just, actress.
1: Just to go back to what we were talking about. What is your uh gut, you know, call about what's going to win in terms of best picture? Uh, Best motion picture drama, it's going to is it going to be Flower Moon or is it going to be Oppenheimer? What do you think?
0: I have predicted Oppenheimer because I I thought, you know, I I just think that that's how they're going to do it.
1: Me too. Uh, I agree with you.
0: But I could be wrong. But you Mm -hmm. do think it's going to be that?
1: Yes, it did. I did. I I said in in the thing I said my personal pick is definitely uh, Maestro, but obviously I'm in the minority on that. And the the default choice is almost certainly Oppenheimer. But if you're gonna do a woke, yeah. pick, it'll be Killers of the Flower Moon. So, yeah. All right, right. so right. Uh, Best picture. Okay, of the so best. Comedy.
0: Now we got best we got best actress drama. So Lily Gladstone, your favorite. Mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan, Maestro. Greta Lee and past Lives, Sandra Huller, Anatomy of a Fall, Annette Benning, naiad, Kaylee Spaney, Priscilla. Mm-hmm. What do you pick?
1: well i I believe that um, in in a in a perfect world, uh, Carrie Mulligan would win because uh, she gives by far the the, the most um, passive, passionate and, and and amazing performance. Was truly arresting. but the, uh, the uh, what I would love to see, uh, this is just a personal thing, but I would love to see a surprise and have Annette Benning went for Nyatt because she is quite good. I was, I remember being told back in Telluride by you and and those guys that we were all bunking with, they were saying, yeah, yeah she's good, but boy, she's a dislikable character. And it's like, you know, you don't really want to hang out with her. And I had that idea and I finally saw it later and I thought you know she is a, a feisty kind of scrappy not exactly the most engaging character but I really respected what she did there and I was really I really felt for her towards the end and I, I thought gee this is good She's, uh, it's, it's one of Annette Benning's best performances best roles and I was really impressed by her so if she mm-hmm. wins I, I'd be I'd be fine with that um,
0: yeah I mean we just don't know if um if she's even going to get nominated for the Oscar at this point Okay, so let's move on to... Uh, What's
1: what you, who's going
0: to win? Who's oh, uh, Lily Gladstone's going to win. Okay. All right. All right. Best film actor drama yeah. is... The predictions are... Well, there are Bradley Cooper, Maestro, Killian Murphy, Oppenheimer, Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio, Killers of the Flower Moon, Coleman, Domingo, Rustin, Andrew Scott, All of Us Strangers, Barry Keegan, Saltburn. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking Killian Murphy for that.
1: Me too. Uh, that's but that's almost certainly going to happen. As far as you like think a, so? Most likely. Yeah,
0: I think so. I think so.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but other people are predicting Bradley Cooper for Maestro to win.
1: If uh, if my heart could choose it, I would go with Bradley Cooper because I think he was amazing in that film. But again, that the the consensus is so uh, so against Maestro. It's so strange. That there are people actually calling it a mess. They're calling it, uh, you know, uh, you know, deeply unlikable. And he and I love this this this, this uh, term that he he's a try-hard. If you try too hard, they don't like that. They want it to be, you know, they, they like actors that seem to be just effortlessly inhabiting something, as if they they've always been that character. And 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 Bradley is trying to. I don't see how that could possibly be called a negative, but. Some people have in their heads that he tries too hard. Oh, it just seems really cruel to say that because he really, he really, you know, he he, he he did everything he could to really make that performance uh, come across. And he really got all the technical stuff. And and I felt that, uh, you know, I just thought particularly towards the end when he was uh, sad about having lost his wife. and it, uh, I was very moved by it. Very moved mm. by it.
0: Well, that's good. I mean, you know, you gotta just love what you love, right? Yeah. I liked, uh, I, you know, I think all of these actors are good in this, but obviously Killian Murphy to me is just really far superior of all of them. You know, he really definitely is, um, mm-hmm. in my opinion, the the strongest actor in that lineup. But I liked, uh, I liked uh, Andrew Scott too. I thought he was good. All mm-hmm. right, best film comedy musical, Barbie, American. Fiction, poor things, the holdovers which should win. I wish it would. Um, May, December, and air.
1: Well, good for air for getting in there. I think it's nice that uh people are paying attention to it again. Um, I don't um I don't know what else to say except that I I think it's um I'm looking for my own rundown. Um um, I don't even have it listed here for some reason. Anyway, uh my my presumption is that the uh, well, what what is yours? What are your inclinations?
0: Um, I I was gonna go with Poor Things, but at the last minute I picked Barbie because of how strong it did with the um with the uh, the the BAFTA. hmm
2: mm-hmm.
0: Um, the, it just seems like you know that it has the momentum.
2: Okay.
0: You know, but I could be wrong. Who knows, right?
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I. Um... Well,
0: what do you think? Do you think Poor Things?
1: Because it's a movie that people are going to be talking about five, 10, 20, 20 years from now. It's such a delight to see something that is strong and specific and visionary and it's and it doesn't do what you think it's necessary. You know, it it is really quite the original. And, uh, you know, I would like to live in a world where people understand and respect the fact that a a movie has has really done something unusual and, and sort of, you know, just energized. Uh, the the audience that it plays in front of it's really quite the quite the stunner and I'm just really proud of uh, Lanthimos I've never liked a film of his as much as I have as I I do poor things and uh, I've never always felt a little distance from Yorgos Lanthimos and this is this is something else this is like a real uh, breakthrough for him and um, the uh, the only mistake and I really do think it's a it's a it's a miscalculation, is that when she comes back to London, and uh, it seems like you know she's going to marry the nice guy who's uh, been working with Willem Dafoe all this time, and it looks like there's you know decency and 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 it's clear sailing, and all of a sudden. The ugly, awful, rancid husband, whom she was so miserable with that she tried to kill herself, he shows up again, and here's the awful thing: not that he shows up, but that she she entertains the idea of, okay, well, you want me to live with you and be your, and there's no reason at that point for her to be uh, looking at the idea of getting back with that awful guy. It it doesn't make any sense. She's found herself. She's become a different, more mature, more world weary person. And it doesn't make any sense that she would be she would entertain the idea of of being with him. And so I'm kind of like saying, why is she doing this? And so we have another basically what, 10 or 12 minutes or 15 minutes tacked onto the film that doesn't need to be there. So that's the only thing that's wrong. uh, I feel it's a bad call. It's it could have been just cut out and it would have been a more uh, engaging film it doesn't you know destroy the film but it's unfortunate well, that's the only yeah. problem i have with it
0: yeah i i my only problem with it is that i think he overdid it with the sex scenes just too much and uh i think that at some point it overwhelms the fruit to quote mm-hmm. sideways a little bit of it fine but on and on and on and on we didn't need to see that many sex scenes of her enjoying herself having play. it was not necessary it was repetitive. It was. Um, and so I, I I think it hurt the movie, in my opinion. It would have been less is more in that case. I guess. Um, okay, so best actress musical comedy. So the nominees are Emma Stone, Poor Things, Margot Robbie, Barbie, Fantasia Barino, The Color Purple, Jennifer Lawrence, Hard, No Hard Feelings, Natalie Portman, May December, and Alma Poisty, Fallen Leaves. Who's it,
1: Alma Poisty? Obviously. Again? Oh, oh, I love her. What am I talking about? She is fantastic in that film. She's such a yes. such a beautiful little fable, that film. It has so much. Um, you know, it's funny. I was almost not going to see it. I thought, well, I'll, I'll catch it. Down. And Roger Derling uh, said, you really, uh, you know, see what you want, Jeff, but this is really something. And I really mm-hmm. should give it a shot. And I was delighted by that film. And I, and I didn't realize it was going to be as good as it was. And yeah. It's one of those movies that, um, you, you know, just kind of sneaks up in you and has a very simple kind of Charlie Chaplin-esque feeling to it. It's a really lovely right. film. So well, wonderful.
0: anyway, obviously, Emma Stone's going to win that. So Absolutely. that's everybody's predicting her. There's nobody going to beat her. If anybody does, it'll be Margot Robbie. But I, I think that Emma Stone has it locked. Um, good, OK, good. so best film. Comedy actor, and, and I'm really hoping that Paul Giamatti wins this, but it's Paul Giamatti, Jeffrey Wright, Matt Damon, Nicolas Cage, Dream Scenario, Timothy Chalamet, Wonka, and Joaquin Phoenix, Bo is Afraid. But I really hope that Paul Giamatti wins for the holdover. I don't so see d- how it
1: can possibly be anybody else. There's none of those other guys in that particular category. They just nobody has any, you know, he's never, nobody has built up any steam or any headwind or anything. So it's got to be him.
0: The only other one is possibly Jeffrey Wright for American fiction. Who's great. He's, He's very wonderful.
1: good in it. Yeah. Yeah. I love him.
0: But as you said, that movie does seem to be feeling like it's, I'm not sure why, but. Um...
1: Yeah. All it right. Just, it, it never got going. It never seemed to, to to catch on and it never got a, it was wonderful when it first appeared and everybody was very excited about it in Toronto and it won the people's choice award. And then it seemed to just never go to the next phase or the next step or it's odd, but that's what happened.
0: Well, well so speaking of which, there's um, Best Supporting Actress, Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers, Danielle Brooks, The Color Purple, Jodie Foster, Nyad, Julianne Moore, May December, Rosamund Pike, Saltburn, Emily Blunt, Oppenheimer, and we know that Divine Joy,
1: Joy has, Randolph
0: has to win. Has <laughs> she to has to win. To win this. She's has so win. good, and if she doesn't, I'll be so sad. Um
1: Brokenhearted if it didn't happen. I just can't see it even remote as a remote possibility. She has to win, mm-hmm. and um, I think that that has been established. And it's very nice to see good people getting the acclaim that they completely deserve. and
0: Yeah. Now here's here's uh, best supporting actor: Robert mm-hmm. Downey Jr., Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling, Barbie, Charles Melton, your favorite, mm-hmm. May December, Mark Ruffalo, Poor Things, Robert De Niro, Killers. Willem Dafoe, Poor Things. I have predicted, I had it as Robert Downey Jr., who I actually secretly hope wins because I think he deserves it. Mm -hmm. But I'm predicting Ryan Gosling to win. Okay. Because he's just such a popular guy and he's so funny in that movie that I think it would make for a good Golden Globes. And he, he might end up winning the Oscar, but Robert Downey Jr., I thought, it's just, it's harder to vote for a performance that's kind of a downer it's easier to vote for an up upper like Ryan Gosling and, and Robert Downey Jr. plays a very morose figure and he's really good, but he's, he's morose and people often vote in aspirational ways. So
1: the they might shorthand start- that everybody's been using since it began is that he's a saliary figure. Everybody understands what a yeah. saliary guy who doesn't, who's basically a better politician. He's not particularly gifted. He's not, doesn't have a lot of, character and you know oh, he's, of... he's
0: absolutely brilliant in the part though i, I would love to see him win but mm. look he wouldn't be the the first uh, great performance not to win the oscar like it, it it's it's about other things besides just the performance
1: yeah
0: it's about how people feel mm. charles melton could also win because you know there's there's a lot of push for him
1: can you uh, just talk to me like i'm an idiot and i don't understand anything Why? Do you believe that he has continued to win these awards despite having given what could only charitably be described as a good performance? And He's not a bad actor or anything, and he does handle his role pretty well. But what is so fucking special about this
0: I song? think people are, the film critics especially, are just really, really into this movie. And they're into him,
1: you know. They're into him. That's what I'm asking you. Why? What's the thing? I mean, she, he's a good actor, doing a good job, in a in a in my idea of a of a you know okay movie. So so not bad. What's the special thing? Why does he keep? Well, winning? to
0: be to be charitable about it, I would say that he is um, that they feel bad for him. They feel bad for his plight as a victim of sex, sexual. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's a that's, victim that's...
1: Of, of of being sexually used by an older person. So he's a victim, and he's a metaphor for other people.
0: But he's also, in that lineup, the only person of color. Yes. Ryan Gosling, Robert Downey Jr., Robert De Niro, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, white guys. Mm-hmm. So Charles Milton is not a white guy. So I'm, I
1: mentioned that. He's got uh, his lineage is partly South Korean, I think, on his mother's side. He's a really good-looking guy, too.
2: Very, He's yeah. A,
1: you know, very, very, very uh, attractive fellow. But um, if I mentioned the South Korean thing, and of course I was uh, told that I'm racist for even having, having even considered that, I, I really don't see how they can be that simplistic in their thinking. But clearly, that's that's a that's a plus for him.
0: Well, because yeah. if you if you admit that that's what's happening, then the dream is over, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't admit it, and you keep going along with it, and you keep juggling this fantasy mm-hmm. that um that we've the, the world has changed, right yeah. that's that's the fantasy because they're very invested in this idea of equity mm-hmm. of the reversed hierarchy of non-white people winning stuff. Mm-hmm. but if it's seen seen as performative, then it takes away the high that they get from it,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: right. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So, best director. Here we go. And then in best director, it's the same thing in terms of women, right? So, Christopher Nolan, Oppenheimer, Martin Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon, Greta Gerwig, Barbie, Celine Song, Past Lives, Yorgos Lanthimos, Poor Things,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Bradley Cooper, Maestro. I am predicting Martin Scorsese to win this one.
1: You are not Chris Nolan, huh?
0: No, I think Chris Nolan could win. Everybody at uh, Gold Derby is predicting Christopher Nolan. I'm the only one who's predicting mm-hmm. uh, Scorsese. But, but again, it we,
1: could, but they've said in so many words, they they didn't really they decided they couldn't do a particular kind of film based upon a particular very well written book. And so they decided to kind of retreat and make something else.
0: Well, I'm that's that's in Jeff Wells's world. That's no, that's what
1: exactly we, what Eric Roth said.
0: I know, but that's not what most people think of when they think of Killers of the Flower Moon. Only you do. But the reason I'm picking Martin Scorsese, and it's probably going to be wrong, it's probably going to be Christopher Nolan. It could be Yorgos Lanthimos. It could be Greta Gerwig. She could just waltz away with this prize easily. In fact, I should be bold and predict her to win because she has probably a better chance than anybody else to win that because this is her year. In fact, I might just change my prediction right now. (laughs) Okay. In fact, I'm going to. (laughs) All the right. only reason I predicted uh, him is that he's so revered. But how do they not give it to Greta Gerwig after this year? How do they not do that? So I I'm I'm changing. Did, uh,
1: how much more does she need or want? I mean, the, she's she's had a. And it. the it's fact different.
0: that they get to give it to a woman. Why would they give it to a white guy if they can give it to a woman? Okay. You know. Ah, uh, so I'm gonna change it right now. Actually okay just as we're speaking right now i'm going to gold derby and i'm going to change it i'm going to be the only person predicting greta gerwig to win this
1: i guess uh, i would say to myself well um she's already won in so many ways i mean she's had this uh, huge bounce uh for her career she's a uh, the most successful um uh, director ever so far and she's uh, the movie itself has been a huge, you know, pretty much saved exhibition uh, between that and Oppenheimer. So that was a glorious thing. It's, it's been just it's plus, plus, plus. So, I mean, what, what? But
0: I've always had this sense that she was going to be winning this, that this was going to come down to her or, okay. uh, what's his name? Uh, Nolan. Mm-hmm. I've always felt that ever since the whole season began. Mm-hmm. Um, the old Globes would have picked. Scorsese probably because they loved him and they always gave him awards. But I think the new Globes are going to pick her because they got 300 members now, right? And then there's this whole idea of like, you know, um, making it like, you know, remember the big scandal with Little Women because a woman wasn't nominated? She mm-hmm. wasn't nominated for Little Women and for director and all that.
1: Yeah. So I have like- a feeling that's. For how many years, how many decades was the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press uh, membership was in the vicinity of, what, 87 or less than 90 or something in like that? So it's a whole different thing with yes. 300.
0: And- uh, yeah, and all international from all over the world. So, you know, it could be anybody in director. Could be he. I, I mean, I, I. this is the kind of predicting that I really hate because i'm going to be so nervous when they give this give out this prize but it probably will be nolan you know every if everybody's predicting nolan i'm sure it'll be nolan Mm -hmm. um but i i just there's a part of me that likes to do something to take some chances and not just be a sheep like everybody else you know Mm -hmm. even if it means i get a lower score Mm -hmm. Uh, all right so now we're on to best screenplay so um The the nominees, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Anatomy of a Fall, Killers of the Flower Moon, Past Lives.
1: Well, again, uh, for uh, the reason that I do not think is my reason, but what Eric Roth's reason, I don't see how they could possibly give it to Killers of the Flower Moon, given that they have openly admitted that they had a certain script and they had based it upon a very respected book, and they decided out of fear and timidity, uh, not wanting to get in trouble with the Wokesters, they decided to make something else. I don't see how give it. you can give a, a screenplay award to a film with that kind of history.
0: Well, I don't know. But I have Oppenheimer predicted, but I think I might change it to past lives.
2: Ah, uh-huh. okay.
0: I don't really think, you know, mm-hmm. one other person is predicting it here, past lives. Mm-hmm. But as I'm looking at it, I'm thinking... Uh, you know, what would you predict of those movies? You'd, you'd pick Poor Things, right, for screenplay? Absolutely.
1: Because, of the, um, because that's such a high, such a discovery. It's such so. a
0: good screenplay, isn't it? All right, I'm changing back yeah. to Poor Things. Yeah. I'm going to change my prediction just because the writing is so good with mm-hmm. Poor Things. It's a, but yeah. so is it with Barbie. The writing's really good, too.
1: It's going to be nice to see uh, the Golden Globes because everybody's going to be there and there's going to be a, a, a very good feeling because, you know, here we are, the, the, the all the strikes are over and, uh, and you know, even though we're, we're coming into what looks like a fairly weak year, uh, it, it's really, it'll be a, a real nice festive event and I think there'll be some good humor and, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a fun show. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Oh, good. I hope that's true. That would be nice.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm gonna just make sure I get really drunk so I don't have to think about it too much. Um,
1: <laughs> when well, uh, you decide see. you okay. want to have a good time and get bombed, how do you do that? What What's your libation of?
0: I don't generally do it. I don't. I'm not a drinker, really. I drink a you know a glass of wine here or there. I can't really drink very heavily. Um, and and you know what? I can't really be trusted if I'm drunk. I can't I just. <laughs> the most. God only knows what'll come out of my mouth. You know what I mean? Like. So I probably won't drink, I, you know, maybe I'll make a cocktail. I don't know. We'll see.
1: I actually uh, at an entertainment weekly party that was uh, I don't know how many years ago this was around 2010, maybe 09, sometime in that realm. And this is when I was thinking, well, I'm a pretty moderate fellow these days. You know, I like my glass of wine or two and uh, and but, you know, I'm everything's in control. Everything feels good and i somehow allowed myself to have because i was so relaxed because i was having such, such a nice time i drank like three or four possibly more actually more when i now that i think about it glasses of wine and i got stinko i was my diction was gone and i was uh, making silly social errors and I was astonished that I allowed myself to do this. But it's it's one of the worst things you can do in your life to get to get bombed with other mm-hmm. people. I mean, it's just I'll never, you know, I'll never forget how embarrassed I felt. Anyway, that, that, that was one of the, the key uh, factors that uh, led to my vow of sobriety, which I came upon in March of 2012 and never went back.
0: Yeah, I don't um I don't I don't drink like that usually cuz I'm just too old to be honest. I don't like waking up feeling bad. I don't like that the what it does to my body. It it's just yeah. a lot of sugar, you know, you're dumping into your system. Right. And so, you know, you, you end up with a headache or whatever like I I never have a, a, a lot of alcohol and wake up feeling good. Never. So I'd rather not waste the next day. Um, so, and drinking alone is depressing anyway. So, do we right. want to do the the rest of these pre- these predictions, or just move on to something else before we hang up? Because it's just score and a- animated and that kind of thing.
1: I don't know what to say about any of these others. I uh, I just I know that I would love to see uh, a poor Robbie Robertson have a posthumous um, honor for his excellent score for Killers of the Flower Moon, which is yeah, one of the things I, I agree. really like. I hope that it, uh, but but I really. Uh, yeah. Here's
0: a here's a good one, hmm. uh, foreign films. So we have Anatomy of a Fall, Past Lives, The Zone of Interest, Society of the Snow, Fallen Leaves, and Lo Capitano.
1: It's almost certainly going to be Anatomy of a Fall because there's a, there's been a consensus about that film for quite some time, and right. I can't I can't imagine in any other film.
0: Um, well, I'm pre- I'm predicting Past Lives to win that
1: actually. Okay.
0: Because right. Past Lives is more popular than Anatomy of a Fall. Mm, okay.
1: Can I ask one thing? Uh, you, you were instantly uh, dismissive of, of um, the cannibalism film that I saw the other night. And yeah. um, um, you're you're never going to see it, I understand. But basically, uh, <clears throat> uh, many, many people uh, who have seen it and written about it, including David Poland, they're all like uh, extremely uh, fervent and, 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 and and delighted and, and unexpectedly moved by this film. And, uh, do you know anybody who's, um, personally who has been exceptionally touched by and, and, and aroused by this film? You, you, have you had any feedback? Yeah,
0: I do. I absolutely do. I know a guy named Mark Johnson who works on my site that you met in Telluride. He, he -hmm. loves this movie, Society of the Snow.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever see Alive, the 1993 version? Of I it?
0: certainly did see that. Yeah. Okay. My cannibal phase is kind of over. <laughs> <though>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I
1: Frank
0: went Marshall through the whole the thing director. with the Donner Party.
1: What about Pope? the Donner Party? What, did you, what do you mean you went through that? You, you read about it? Well,
0: or? you know me, I, I, I go down the rabbit hole on things. So yeah. when I fo- when I need to know something, I go all the way down to the bottom of the pool. Mm-hmm. I have to find out everything there is to know about it. And I was really fascinated. The Donner Party, like the Salem Witch Trials, um, like Lizzie Borden, like there's certain things that I'm just really, really fascinated by. And I have to read everything that there is. The Donner Party story depressed me so much, though, that I vowed never to read another story about cannibalism. <laughs> so.
1: The. Um, just give me some refreshers on that. Um, Donner party, how many people? This is a, a, a more you know, a few wagons, right? And they all got stuck at one point. And how many people were involved? How many covered wagons?
0: I'm not, I'm not really sure exactly the numbers, but there were families. And mm-hmm. the problem was that they got stuck in this horrible snowstorm, mm-hmm. and the people that left to try to get help mm-hmm. like died on the way down um for, for getting help or they couldn't get back and so all these people were left to starve they didn't mm. know how to grow obviously they couldn't hunt they didn't know how to hunt mm. um they couldn't really grow food in the freezing winter they were not prepared they ended up eating all their horses and then eating the people i i think as i recall it's been a while but they would eat them after they died they didn't kill them to eat them but mm. um And then some of them did walk out. Some of them did take the chance to go down the hill and some of them actually survived it. Okay. Like the the only ones who survived were the people who left and tried to escape and get out. Mm. Um, It was a really depressing story. They were so hungry. They were like boiling leather.
2: I never understood
1: understood that. They were talking about that also in the context of the, the, of the Andes thing that I just saw. Uh, How can, you know, eating leather or eating straw i mean these are these are not protein enriched
0: well i know but what else are you gonna eat you know you gotta eat something yeah so you know leather is animal hide maybe there's something in there you know maybe Mm -hmm. there's some nutrients or anything like that i always thought that what i would probably do in that instance is i would i would sever a limb and cook that for somebody Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. like cut off my i don't know my arm no, and, come on. <laughs> Cut off well, your own what, arm. That that's. Well, would what was better to die and be, or to cut off an arm and give it to people to eat to survive?
1: There's a uh, very clear feeling that you get from from watching um, Society of the Snow, which is that uh, when things get really, really difficult and terrible, and uh, it, it's a matter of character, and, and uh, people have to decide: Am I going to? Use, you know, submit, and you know, or am I going to just you know grim up and do what's necessary because this is serious. We're gonna we're looking at. Oh, death.
0: I would I would absolutely do it. I wouldn't kill people oh, to eat it, but if they're dead, sure, why not? It's flesh. Yeah, you're not really supposed to eat your own flesh, obviously, but if you have to, you have to. You know,
1: there's a a, a Roman Catholic uh, thing in in uh, society that's no, they're all very caught up in the mythology of roman catholicism and they feel that they're doing some kind of horrible sin against god and that they're condemning themselves to damnation in the afterlife for having done this and it's a it's a very strange thing they they keep arguing about it that there's they can't do it they can't yeah
0: that's not definitely not a movie i would want to (laughs) watch but do they do they melt snow and drink water because water can keep you alive you know
1: well there's the rule three they mentioned that um if you uh, you can go for um three days without water but then if you don't do something uh, about replenishing the water supply you're in, you're in very big trouble you can go three weeks without solid food but after that you're you're looking you're oh, no no you depth. can
0: go you can, you can fast a lot longer than that
1: nothing at all for more than three weeks
0: Yeah. Well, I just read this book where these guys go on 60 day fasts, 30 day fasts, you know, but I guess it depends on how much fat you have on your body. Yeah. If you have a lot of fat on your body, you can survive longer than if you're a lean athlete, you know, Mm. where you don't have any fat. So
1: how do we get out of this topic? I don't want to get (laughs) into cannibalism. uh,
2: (laughs) You know All what right, I liked well, a
1: lot? Let me just say something that I really <laughs> liked the last time FX did a a dual movie or a feud movie, which was the Betty Davis versus Joan Crawford. And I had a quite a good time with that um with that little mini series. It was like, like four or five or six six episodes. Do you remember that? Did you see that? Feud did Joan Davis? Uh, Joan yeah.
0: Davis oh it
1: was great. Versus Joan Crawford. That was really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that so was I, excellent.
1: I'm kind of cranked up and, and looking very much forward. <laughs> Seeing the forthcoming Truman Capote versus the Swans um, um, five-parter. No, no, it's eight parts. Eight parts, and it'll start at the end of this month. Uh, FX, Hulu, and um, it's um, it's just curious. Is it,
0: is it Ryan Ryan Murphy again?
1: Yes, he's the you know he's the he's the the exec producer, the one who, uh, but it's also. Um, uh, John Raman John Bates is the writer, and you've got Gus Van Sant and the principal director Jennifer Lynch, uh, Max Winkler, good actresses, all actresses of a certain age who are do- probably going to be- have a lot of fun with us, including uh, Naomi Watts and Claude Savigny and Diane Lane. Uh, so it's and and it sounds like a really excellent uh, Capote performance by. Uh, yeah. Tom Hollander, Tom Hollander, and he was in the um, White know, Lotus. White, yes. See, you finally rescued me. <laughs> Sorry, I <laughs> wasn't able
0: to remember sang. it myself
1: because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really. Um, I was a kind of really not a fan at all of the first White Lotus because I didn't like the uh, uh, the scene where the guy uh, takes a dump into one of the uh, one of the one of the guests. Uh, uh, <clears throat> Um, you know it's suitcase and the whole kind of gross you know I, I was not a big fan of that at all but this was uh the, the most recent white Lotus was actually quite fascinating
0: and, oh i uh, loved them both i thought they're so great i can't wait for the new one all right flash off the okay. presses jody foster quote on generation z says right. Jodie foster mm-hmm. uh she says they're really annoying especially in the workplace they're like nah i'm not feeling it today I'm coming in at 10.30 a.m. or in emails. I'll tell them this is all grammatically incorrect. Did you not check your spelling? And they're like, why would I do that? It's kind of limiting. Oh, you know, that's Jodie word. Foster in, in an interview in The Guardian going on about Generation Z. I thought it was really fun. Oh, I
1: love her. I love her. Yeah.
0: I'll send you the link to that so you can Wait. put it on your...
1: That sounds great. Good for Jodie yeah. she, you I know. know. She, everybody seems to be pretty... Uh, uh, unanimous in their uh, opinion that she has uh, d- did an excellent job as uh, Annette that Benning's uh, loyal best friend and you know romantic partner I guess at one point uh, but she's really excellent in that in that film um, uh, in Nyad, and she did a I really believed in her and I thought she was um, she really got hold of something and I was very she's really.
0: I, I love her because she just comes from a different era. She's so funny and smart. Mm. And here, and there's another quote that she says, cause people talk about how much in shape she looks in Niaad. Mm-hmm. and her, her quote in this is I've been waiting to be objectified my entire life. So I'm very happy that people have started <laughs> talking about my body parts.
1: <laughs> That's great. I love that.
0: I it's love- so great when people like, don't take themselves too seriously in this world. You know, uh, I like that. That's funny.
1: All right. Enjoy All the right. Sunday. Me I mean you too. This is not Sunday. This is Saturday. What am I talking about? Tomorrow oh, is Saturday. our day.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's our, usually our day. All right. Enjoy your Saturday and I'll talk to you later. All
1: right. Take
3: okay. care. All right. Bye. I walked through the door with you It was cold. There's something bad it felt like. I the sun and I left my scarf there. It's your sister's house. but you keep my-